0: From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in Romantic Royal, Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game dev talk gaming and game development.
1: Hi, I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games.
0: I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy. I, too, make nice games. In this week's episode, we talk with Gloria Kim and Lane Davis, developers of the game Ruler by Default, to discuss how to make visual novels with limited resources. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. Y'all like books? <laughs> I mean, eh. But you kind of wish they had, like, some pictures or something? I like like (laughs) pictures in my (laughs) books. Well, can I introduce you to a brand new genre? Oh, man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right out of Japan. (laughs) What is this genre you speak of? would you care to introduce what visual novels are?
3: Go ahead. (laughs) Dang, I didn't have anywhere to do with that. Uh,
2: (laughs) A visual novel is a medium wherein you, the user, make choices that determine the storyline similar to choose-your-own-adventure books, but with more pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and these are our guests. <laughs>
0: these are our guests. Everyone, thanks for listening.
2: <laughs> yeah, good goodbye.
4: <laughs> so this is what happens when we get five people at this table. <laughs> it gets pretty, yeah. Uh, so yes, let's introduce our guests. Uh, Lane, you jumped right in, so why don't you go ahead and give us uh, your spiel. Who are you? What are you doing here?
2: Uh, I work for Gloria. I uh, am a writer for her game, uh, Ruler by Default. Mm -hmm. I also make uh, fishing simulators and games (laughs) where fish uh, pilot submarines. True. Both things are accurate. Yeah, you do those. It's a very uh, ichthyan existence that I lead. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And Gloria? Uh,
1: My name is Gloria Kim. Mm -hmm. I made Ruler by Default uh, with Lane and other great team members. Yeah. Yes.
0: And uh, from my understanding, you kickstarted yeah yeah call? yeah
1: and we got withheld from 500 other kickstarter backers as well
0: oh cool <laughs> we, we literally just did a topic on uh kickstarter things and stuff oh, and cool. crowdfunding yeah which we should have had you on to wow. talk about it because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> i, I uh, mark actually has some experience with that but uh, yeah and
4: i lamented yeah. a little bit on the time i wasted even in this even in success yeah. um but uh i'm really curious to hear your experience mm-hmm. um
2: cool. Well, should we jump right into Kickstarter stuff?
4: Uh, yeah, if you like to, sure. Yeah, I mean uh, that's the beginning of the story, right? Or it probably goes back a little earlier than that. But
1: um, yeah, so we kickstarted back in 2014. We got about sorry, I said 500 backers, but I think we had about 400. Okay. Um, we raised about seven thousand um, dollars. It's not a ton of money, but it was, we marketed at the ten dollar per copy of game. So that's how we got that much mm-hmm. money. Okay um we we just finished ruler by default um last month the game was released in may 3rd and nice. yeah it's pretty exciting released congratulations so, yeah. <laughs> well done um we're still in the midst of um sending out the physical goodies for some backers as well oh, okay but yep
0: cool cool what what goodies are you giving people
1: uh, we have digital copies of, uh, sorry, physical copies of CD. Yeah. Uh, which turns out to be a little more difficult to make than I thought. <laughs> yeah. You can't just drag and drop it onto CD. And send it.
2: I think when you started that Kickstarter, uh-huh. it was just when the first wave was learning how hard that was. <laughs> Oh. It wasn't widely known how miserable an experience that is Oh <laughs> So yeah, my
1: first tip is if you do do a Kickstarter for your game, do only digital copies. Don't hey. promise physical copies unless you are going to make a lot of money. Because it's mm-hmm. really a pain in the butt. You, you
0: heard it here first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we also promised some stickers and buttons and some goodie bags. Uh, we also promised a mouse pad. Which at the time was supposed to be like a cute mouse pad. And I designed it and uh-huh. I got a question one from one of the backers. Assuming it was going to be one of his booby mouse pads. Oh. So that, was, that was an interesting conversation to have as
3: well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs>
0: uh, so, you uh, both did a talk at IGDA uh, where um, you like, talked about the process of making a visual novel and going through Kickstarter and stuff. Um, and, Lane, I like that equation you had on there. Oh, um, thank you. What, what was the equation in you? Oh my goodness.
2: <laughs> can I do the whole thing? Yes. Can you? Yes. Okay. Yes. So the the important thing is that uh, the resources that you have going into a game like this yeah. are generally pretty constant. Because like it's hard to change the level of time that you have, yeah. the amount of money that you're investing, unless you're like a larger studio, uh, the amount of luck that you have and the amount of skill that you have. Though of course that grows slowly, right? It's hard to change on a dime. Yeah. What you can change during the planning phase is your expectations for the quality of the game, the length of the story mm-hmm. and the amount of choice that you have going into it, okay, and where you choose to land on those three sliders determines the genre of your game inside mm-hmm. of visual novels. Okay, because like you can see, some visual novels are very, very, very different from the uh, from others.
0: Yeah, yeah, right, right. So there are different kinds. There are ones that like have a lot of different choices involved. Yeah, um, and then there are other ones that are a lot more linear and maybe have
2: one or two very important decisions that you have to make. Sure, them, right. Yeah. Well, um, to give to give some examples, like you could go all the way over to like party games that are entirely about choice, mm-hmm. like seeing. What would Steven do in this situation? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that, that is a game like uh, Z- uh, Monster Prom, yeah. for example. Okay. And then you have all the way off on the other side, you have the game uh, like Necopara, uh, Kinetic Novels, okay. which have no choice whatsoever. You're just the person behind the mouse clicking and watching what happens next. Oh, okay. And so both of these are called visual novels, mm. but they could not play more differently. Like uh, they, they are for different crowds of people, too. Right? Well, it, it just means that, like, visual novel, because of the amount, the degree to which this genre has been explored, um, it's sort of like calling something a strategy game at this point. There's just mm-hmm. so much breadth within mm-hmm.
1: that. Yeah, some of like adventure games can be a yeah. visual novel. Um, some people classify games like Ace Attorney or you know as a visual novel. Okay. So, you know, so it's really it's a really variety of games that sure. can be mm-hmm. classified as it.
0: Right. Um, I don't play a lot of visual novels. It's okay, personally. But <laughs> uh, I, I'm curious, like, what your audience is looking for when they're playing these games. But uh, maybe particular ruler by default.
1: Sure. Um. Generally, audience is looking for a good story. Like yeah. if you're um familiar with Steins Gate series, okay. Um, Planet um people want to read a good story, and that's why people generally play visual novels, or mm-hmm. they want to build that relationship with virtual characters, like a lot of dating sims. Mm-hmm. Um, like Necopara is one of them where you date the girls and sometimes have. Some romantic, sexy times. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Um, there isn't too much in Ruler by Default. Mm-hmm. Um, Twelve for- copies, Gloria. Big <laughs> <laughs> our game gets big, maybe. No, I'm kidding. Um, so for Ruler by Default in particular, it's really about our game. genre is more about comedy, so mm-hmm. it's just a fun times with the characters, cute characters, and there's a little bit of mystery of what happens. Okay. And-
0: Whatnot. Okay. Okay. I remember um during the talk you said there was some like dark is it like dark humor kind of stuff? Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely <laughs> especially... especially towards the end of the game. Ah Absolutely. Oh, okay, very interesting. Yeah. Uh how big was your team?
2: Five people. Five people I wanna
0: say.
1: Roughly okay. five. Yeah. Um we had a lot of helpers that helped us out that wasn't like particularly part of the team. Okay. Like we had some artists that I paid to help with the background on like one time payment, mm. whatnot. But main team was me doing the main story and main character art, coming up with things. Um, And there was David Richardson, who helped with the programming. Um, And There's Lane, who was our writing genius. (laughs) What happened was basically I was like, Lane, I want this to happen. And Lane was like, okay. And he wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we had a Jonathan Pericke who helped with most of our music as well. And we had some other people that was helping out with editing and animation. That's pretty cool.
0: Okay. Um. So I, I remember earlier when you brought up this equation, uh, for, for visual novels, and I wanted to know where God, did you were an attack dog with this?
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Give me the numbers.
0: <laughs>
2: <Ow>. No, um,
0: <laughs> I, I wanted to know. Um,
2: Stephen Business wants to know the numbers. <laughs>
0: <Steven Business. laughs> yes. Um, I wanted to know what did you feel like is was your limiting factor and how did you approach that and how did that like affect the game. Whoa. The, the visual novels. Well, play. I'm going to tie us back into
2: Kickstarter here for oh, a second. Okay. Um, this might be a spicier take than you're willing to agree with, Gloria. <laughs> so <laughs> but uh, uh, I think I think that in the original plan for the story, we had uh, three or four dateable characters. Mm-hmm. And then in Kickstarter, we ended up saying if you pay $1,000 or more, mm-hmm. you get to add an additional character. And I think it was expected that one person would do this, and we got two that mm-hmm. ended up adding mm-hmm. new characters to the game. Mm-hmm. And so one of the limiting factors that we had was we were committed to uh, satisfying two people with extremely different tastes. So we had oh. to like sort of research and learn a lot to write these two new characters. Okay, and uh, and so the game ended up being longer than we thought it than we thought it would be. Ah, okay, say. because of that. Because Mm -hmm. of that Kickstarter decision. Mm -hmm.
0: So a lot of the a lot of the writing and stuff ended Mm -hmm. up making the game longer. And that affected did that that affect the like choices that players were able to make in the game. Oh,
2: absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Well, because okay, so a romantic story is gonna have a lot of two steps forward, one step back type stuff. You have to keep people wanting things for a long period. Yeah. So what you end up having is you have to have like about like three or four hours minimum for for one of these stories. At least like in the Steam reviews, it was surprising to me. May everybody everybody mentioned the length of the game mm. in the review at some point. It was mm. just like the selling point. Oh, wow. And so uh, the, the thing is, we we felt like committed to having about like 18 to 20 or so hours of content yeah. on a five-person team. Mm. So that means that there's not a lot of affordances for being able to have elaborate branching. Sure. Except right at the end. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I, I imagine that would make it very difficult uh, to maybe, I guess you'd like, you're telling more of a linear story, but I remember when I played Ruler by default, there were a lot of like, there were numbers.
2: A lot of numbers. <laughs> yes. And you know how Stephen Business likes his numbers. Oh, I do. <laughs> it's all about that bottom line. All about them. Yeah, well, uh, I, I guess, like, maybe Gloria can uh, give me a little bit of help here. We had a stat system that was pretty elaborate.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You guys know I love me some stats. Mm. Stats are so juicy. Yeah. Uh, like, okay, so you could imagine a, a situation where it's a dark, cold day outside, but the fire is roaring mm. on the inside, and uh, uh, your teacher turns to you and say, hey, Mark, uh-huh. you've been practicing magic. Why don't you show off what you've learned to all these people? And you're given four choices. You could say, "Yeah, eh, I'm not really feeling it right now. <laughs> See, I'll, I'll create some little sparkles. Uh-huh. I'll summon a firebird or I'll create a raging inferno. Mm-hmm. And you don't know how difficult these are, but you could sort of suss it out based on the size of the fire we're talking about. Yeah. You probably know the equation we're talking about here. We're saying like the further down that list you go, the more you're going to impress people, but the more chance you have of burning yeah, down right. the banquet hall.
4: So I'm already picturing percentages at play. Sure, right? <laughs> sure.
2: Yeah, now there might not be any actual chance, but you don't know what I, the developer, have in exactly. my mind. Yeah. And of course, you get to choose Based on how much time you think you've been developing magic versus everybody else.
4: Right. It brings a lot of that narrative right. focus to what is essentially like a stat check.
2: For sure. Yeah. And and what it does is it means that you have all of these like little, I feel like I'm doing something. I feel like I'm making a choice based on my prior decisions uh-huh. um, without actually forking the story. Ah, so okay. it's very, very nice to be able to do that. Uh, we wanted to have a story like that that would have all of these like little, like here's the main pot. But then there's like these little bubblings off of that, yeah. where people feel like they're 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 making an impact. Yeah. Um. But sadly, we ended up having to cut even a lot of that stuff. Oh. We ended up shipping without the without the stat system. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. Also, super optimistic about our budget. You know, yeah. when I was in college, making ten dollars an hour, I was like, <laughs> yeah, six thousand dollars, so much money, I can do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And you know, Kickstarter takes this cut, Steam takes this cut. Right. You have to just make physical copies to ship and ended up not six thousand wasn't enough money to make what I wanted to make. Yeah. ended um, up being a lot of passion project and a lot of our team members worked for very cheap or almost no budget. So ah, Thank okay. you, Lane. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh yeah, I forgot my spicy take. If you have if you're gonna add like six more hours of game content for something on Kickstarter, it should cost like 50 times as much as what we charge. <laughs> <laughs> you might not ever expect people to get it, and so you put it at like a very high
0: You need 10,000 to get this character or something.
2: Yeah, again, like a 1,000 sounds like a fortune at the All right, fortune. right, yeah. <laughs> I, got you, I got you. So um, I guess I wanted to know
0: like, there are different types of visual novels, and you brought up like the different choices and stuff, um, and they serve different audiences. Like, what are the different kinds of visual novels, and like, how how do they serve their audiences? differently I guess
1: um, I guess it's really based on how much people want to play some people are okay with just sitting there and reading a book with no choices at all those are called kinetic novels where okay. you just basically sit and click to advance the story and right, you just yeah. sit there and read Yeah. Um, like Planetarian on Steam is the most popular one that I can think of um, if people aren't into that I don't want to sit and read book for eight hours on my computer mm-hmm. they can do something that has more gameplay um, like man. Uh sorry, I'm blanking uh, uh, off.
2: Princess Maker is probably the first one that comes to my mind. Sure, yeah. Um, Princess
1: Maker. Um
2: Long Live the Queen. My yeah, personal favorite.
1: Yeah. People argue if Princess Maker and Long Live The Queen can be part of a visual novel, but yeah, it's very story. <laughs> 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 you are, you are. Um like Ace Attorney is, I think, is one that has more gameplay that people want to do. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, a kinetic novel generally has one branch of story. You okay. just start and everybody has see the exact same ending.
0: Okay. Um, and that was not what Ruler by Default was supposed right, to be. Right. Right. Okay. Ruler
1: by Default branches off a lot based on what choices you make, um what you decide to do and we actually had like 40 different endings. So, oh, wow. Yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> did a lot of work. What's average
4: for this the scale of the game of this game? Like what are your compatriots? How many endings do they generally have?
1: Like a very basic visual novel is about dating the girls most mm-hmm. commonly. And it's really based on how many girls they have in the game. Uh-huh. Um, so usually they have like three to five dateable girls. Each character usually have a bad ending, good ending, and the best ending. So okay. generally three multiply it by that number of the girls. And sometimes there's a where endings where characters die mm-hmm. or whatnot where they don't get to complete the whole story. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So
4: it, it is essentially a formula. Like, sure. it, yep. this yep. times this times that, more yep. or less. And that's pretty consistent mm-hmm. uh, across the genre? Well, really?
1: uh, Generally. That's, like, a very basic, basic Sure, form. sure. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you've got games like, like Ace Attorney that has, like, a million bad endings that you can do yeah, 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 by yeah. failing each check along the way. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm.
1: But, you know, Ace Attorney, the like, a bad ending is literally like, oh, you failed this. There's no really, like, mm-hmm. story associated with it. It's just, like case closed you lost you know mm-hmm. and then they continue playing until they see that one good ending
2: in terms of like what sort of values they serve like if you're somebody like uh Stephen McGregor and you like making choices and you like I numbers do. Then, do. then then abs- like you would you would want to play a game that lets you exercise more agency in the game right um if you're like a book reading nerd then nerd. <laughs> <laughs> there's these games like uh, Clan Ad and such like that they are a uh, like much more uh linear story okay I don't know. Like you, you definitely know yourself. Do you care about having a long, like, satisfying story? Um, personally, uh, if I wanted that, I would probably read a book. Uh, and so I, w- I'm, I'm much more about stats. Sure, but I mean, it was a very interesting uh, chance to develop the other side working yeah. on this game. Um, speaking of writing, mm. how do you write engaging dialogue? Because it's hard right <laughs> <laughs> oh it's it's so it's so so hard okay and I would say that like uh even in like in this game working on this for forever yeah uh maybe nailed it like <laughs> one out of eight times uh, or something like that oh uh it's it is super super tough
0: and this in this game is mainly just dialogue between you and the the other characters in that game right yeah
2: it's not a lot of like prose narrative stuff right oh or, absolutely okay. not yeah very like there's a little bit of internal dialogue of the main character thinking inside his own head sure um but uh no it's it's mainly you and the other uh, you and the other characters talking the engine does an amazing amount of work okay like, if the dialogue like animates in in like a snappy way mm-hmm. it feels so much different and i mm-hmm. think that one of the things that gloria actually did that made everything pop a lot is after i handed it off the script she added like a ton of like motion graphics of characters like animating into okay. place a ton of animations on like what the characters right. do you know de- mm-hmm. and you developed the game in renpy right mm-hmm, okay
0: mm-hmm. Uh, how do you i have i have a little bit of experience cuz i used it to make a visual novel in a, at a game jam once Ooh. But <laughs> long time ago. Uh, but uh, I didn't like do any of the code or anything like that. Is it easy to like implement those kinds of things? Yes,
1: it's very easy. Like Renpy itself comes with already like save, load, album, and a lot of things already built in. Okay. So engine itself is pretty built. Um, if you want to animate characters jumping, like you have to use a little bit of a Python to animate it. It's okay. Very easy. Just move x x's up and down in this frame of time sure. whatnot. Okay, mm-hmm. Code itself is fairly easy. So that's why visual novels are really good to just jump in. And mm-hmm. if you want to make some video game without learning tons of programming, it's very, you know, story heavy. That's
2: true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of engaging dialogue, there's yeah. two ways to <laughs> sort of make uh, uh, make it, two ways you can go. Yeah, okay. Um, you can go funny and you can go mysterious. Mm-hmm. And uh, funny is something that you can kind of do uh if you're lucky, if you oh, wake yeah. up on the right side of the bed that that day, sure. Funny. Um, Mysterious. Uh, this is why it was wonderful coming into a project where uh, Gloria had created the main framework for all the stories and has like planned out the path for everything. Yeah. So you knew going down one path what every other what every other possibility was, so you could start doing things that would like allude to things that would happen in the future. Yeah. Mm. And that can sort of string people along uh, quite satisfying. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of a cheat, and it's something that you don't have to get lucky with in the same way that you do with um, with with being funny.
4: Yeah, one of the I know just from from writing I've done that it's like. It, writers get a lot of credit for that sort of like seeding those ideas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But most of the time this stuff is written backwards. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, I mean, it's the, it becomes the structure of writing. And yeah. it, it makes and me
2: look clever, but yeah. really
4: it's the project manager. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't to say it's not difficult. Yeah, um, It's just, it's difficult in a different way than I think most people realize.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also about like the, the choices you make in the game. Uh, how do you make those interesting and important in a way that like makes the player feel like they have some agency in the
2: story and the narrative? Makes it feel like a game. <laughs> well, if they genuinely do have agency, yeah. then that's not that hard. Like okay. if, your, if your choice legitimately sends them hurtling off on a different critical path that they oh, sure. could not reach otherwise, sure. then there's no need to give any illusion. And the thing is, if there is illusion, I think people can really pierce that very, very quickly. huh. Um, so the answer to that is uh, being honest is the only thing you can really do. Okay. Like I think that I think that like in a game of this length, um people feel unsafe if they're going to be like this choice is going to change my direction for the next 4 hours. Ah, okay. So you sort of have to like give choices that uh, that clearly converge at some point.
0: Okay, I see.
2: Basically like you 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 want if you have a choice that is meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um like we have we have some that are just like uh clearly like life and death decisions. I I thought, I don't know what your opinion on this, Gloria, is, but like, I thought it was very important to broadcast that, not to have these sort of choose your own adventure book style situations where it's like, make some toast. Sure. Making toast sounds great. Three episodes later, "Uh uh-oh, drop the toaster in the bathtub. Now I'm dead.
3: (laughs) 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 How how was I supposed to know
2: that? Right. Um, so, so I guess like it was very, very clear, like important to like signpost that stuff, okay, so yeah. people would know if I'm gonna save the game, if I'm gonna cheat with my finger in the book, mm. I'm gonna do that right now. Mm. Ah, okay, okay. And is is
0: that how like it was designed in that way too?
1: Um, yeah. Like at one point, we literally created a NPC that runs up and says, "Ah, uh, you should really save yourself," <laughs> and just run off. And if you make wrong choices, you die around that time, and the game was done forever. So. Um, ah, well <laughs> and, and, you know, different games does it differently. Like, mm-hmm. for our game, when players made the choice, we didn't give any indication right away if it was a good choice or a bad choice. But some other game, like, to immediately indicate, oh, that was a good choice by giving, like, you know, like, positive sound effect or increase, like, show a stat increase or whatnot. Ah, okay. For us, we didn't do any of those. Like, sometimes people get a bad ending because they would keep making bad choices and they wouldn't even know because a lot of our characters... Or NPCs didn't, like, words like, oh, God, you just offended me and walk away or anything like <laughs> yeah. that. They just smiled, but they secretly judged you, and their ah, voice
0: was getting lower and whatnot. This character will remember this and all that? <laughs>
2: Where it was possible, <laughs> uh-huh. we did a lot of um, callbacks to things. Okay, mm-hmm. um, Of course, if we had, like, a, a lot of signposting on our mm-hmm. uh, stat system, mm-hmm. like the relationship points the characters have, mm-hmm. it would have been even more clear, but we did do a bunch of stuff like, this is why I did this because you did this 10 episodes ago. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. it is of course uh, immoral for game makers to create something where the place where you lose is 10 episodes behind where you actually <laughs> made a decision. Forfeit. Yeah. yeah. Um, quest for Glory. No, not Quest for Glory. God, King's Quest 5. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so I uh, uh, we did as few of that, little of that as possible. Yeah, right. I, I imagine
0: that would be very frustrating. Mm-hmm. I, especially when you do not understand why you made
2: this decision mm-hmm. or why this decision caused you to fail. Yes, in the future, yeah. I think there was like one point where it was just too much fun to do that, <laughs> <laughs> so we kept it in. Oh, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, and when the way we did it, we had like hidden variables for each different character, okay. So, like for Mori, um, and it was like there was a lot of different choices. And every time you make a choice, uh-huh. your her point went up by one or went down by one. Uh-huh. So you had to just screw up a lot of times to get a bad ending or if you had to do a well a lot of times to get a good ending. Uh-huh. So we didn't have any one particular. Well, we had very few choices that would actually break the game or end the game play for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was more of a sequence of a lot of choices that you had to make. I got you. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask, um, do you think that like, are there ways to make impactful decisions more subtly than that? But it sounds like if you just make the decisions clearly, make differences. But like over time, like if
2: anything, cost. this game was probably a little bit too subtle. Oh. I would say, okay, because this game was clearly made by people who live in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of times, as Gloria says, yeah. where like you say something that offends somebody, and they're like, "Oh, okay, that's so funny," <laughs> and then hold it against you. <laughs> So, if you're talking about subtle ways to mess up,
3: oh boy.
0: this
2: yeah. is the game. This is, this All right. Game. Yeah. So it's Minnesotan. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's at least one character who definitely ah, is. Ah, okay. Yeah.
0: Well, oh, I want to know like, where do, you, where do you feel the direction of visual novels will be going
2: in the future?
1: I uh, wish I knew.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I talked about this a little bit, IGDA. Yeah. I think that the market forces right now are really against like uh, the standard. Okay. Because there are so many standard games like ours that have come out mm-hmm. where you can like date five or six girls mm-hmm. and uh, they each have a long, long ride to them. Mm-hmm. Why? Because that has been the way it's gone for the last 30 years. There's so many of them out there. They age really well. If you play a visual novel from 30 years ago, it's still a decent game because mm-hmm. it's mainly text. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Additionally, many of those games are beautifully illustrated, have great motion effects, and a lot of them are Japanese and are just now in 2018 being translated over to uh, American oh, okay. shores. So they're mm-hmm. like fresh in our eyes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the, so the thing is, like, if you're a fan of this genre, if we were watching a Steam maybe five years ago when mm-hmm. you were first considering this project, mm-hmm. you might have thought, wow, this is an underserved uh, audience. Mm-hmm. They're getting maybe two games a year. Yeah. and there's there were I think at that point about ten to fifteen different English visual novels on Steam, and now of course it's like five hundred or something. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy high number and and they're really, really good and so uh, I think that uh, Americans are going to have a couple of choices either start translating your stuff into underserved languages. Mm-hmm. keep that going um we in fact just had a person volunteer to translate our game into French Wow, so we're hoping to get some of those uh French dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, however, I think that another good direction to go in is uh, to just keep uh, branching out as wildly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, like, uh, Had a Full Boyfriend and uh, Dream Daddy both made uh, some bucks yeah. because they weren't like everything else.
0: Okay, okay, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. How, how, much, how much text is in your game? Do you know? You yes.
1: 150,000 words.
2: Yeah, is that like the, that like the standard? Or? So no, oh, I, it's it's a pinch high, especially for like a, an indie one. Okay, um, it like it, it's about the length of Fellowship of the Ring or so. Oh, wow. Okay,
1: <laughs> that puts it in <laughs> perspective. Yeah, <laughs> it's lot lower compared to like Japanese ones that will come up, yes. but it's oh. higher compared to like English indie visual novel ones. Okay, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely a need for it. But the gameplay itself is generally very long. Mm. So you usually don't have one person just going around playing every single one of them. And there's just so many. It's pretty easy to make. So there's a lot of people um, getting into making it. Um, so I think what we need to do to make visual novel feel bigger is to mm. get other people that aren't into visual novel to be into it, yeah. <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. How,
0: how do you think you'd go about doing
1: that? So right now when people think of, like, visual novels, they generally think of, oh, it's an anime, you know, dating simulator with yeah. anime girls. Mm-hmm. Um, you do it because you want to get laid, and you're probably in the basement by yourself No, oh, you, know? Like, you, know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I made it, and I love it, so <laughs> I just got to it myself. But, okay. you know, but it's not... Not all of them are like that. There's ones with really great storylines. Yeah. Like, you guys should go and play Steinsgate. <laughs> you guys should go and play Roller by Default. <laughs>
3: yeah, also but, good.
1: yeah, yeah. But it's just, I think it's important that we make it so that, you know, other audiences feel comfortable playing it. Okay. And, yeah.
4: yeah. I think that, like, you were talking about the what this sort of standard game is, mm-hmm. like, the mechanics are very similar and there's a huge backlog. Mm-hmm. And I think that that idea of it, the, the topics are, it's kind of true, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you're a, a, a boy in school half the time and mm-hmm. you date a bunch of anime girls. Like It's kind of a slur against the genre, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of truth to it. And I don't know, is what's the difficulty of breaking out of that in terms of, get, when you say get more audience in, I, I know that that is 100% the reason I'm not interested in visual novels. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm not interested in that story. Mm-hmm. And like I guess I don't have a problem with people who are, mm-hmm. but I would like to play a game with those mechanics, but I don't think there are any for me. So what's what's the I mean what why is it that that story that that type of story is so reliable and so popular?
2: Well, the 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 easy answer to this is uh, romance novels. Yeah, are they the same average quality as like best like equal selling um, novels in other genres? Ah. It's a really really hard question to ask. Yeah, but I think like. This is a genre where, if you have a like romantic appeal, there's a certain number of people who are going to be like led on by that. Yeah. Who are going to be very like enticed by this? Uh, and it's really easy to write, like it, it, sure. especially especially if you have like pretty drawings to go along with it. Mm-hmm. It's very like enticing to a certain audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that when you go away from uh go away from that, it's going to get a lot harder because that's just like a really, like. Like base level way to attract people
4: sure sure right it's, it's almost like a a snowball down a hill like Absolutely. it's worked in the past there is an audience for it and they do so, expect it yeah. so maybe it's not necessarily anything really about that type of story it's just that's the one that's stuck maybe maybe that's being generous I don't know
2: man that's a that's a really Interesting question.
1: Sorry, I didn't understand the yeah. <laughs> well, I think a, a, a
4: lot of the like the examples you gave are the ones that really try mm-hmm. to be new and different. A lot of them are um, they subvert those tropes, mm-hmm. and that is a way to. Uh, movies do that too, like action, like interesting action movies are the ones that subvert the action movie tropes, mm. etc. Oh, for sure. And mm-hmm. so it, it's, it's even the ones that are sort of different. A lot of them still lean on those. What is uh, very common about that, and I, I just wonder how perpetual that is.
2: I mean, there is absolutely room out there for. Uh, telling a compelling like, fantasy story this way or yeah. a sci-fi story this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think that we've seen a lot of people in the area make like sci-fi stories mm-hmm. uh, in this style. Um, however, however, I think that you, you have a really good point, much in the same way that like, you have uh, a, a number of mechanical tropes in action games, for example. Yeah, yeah. I think that this is just tightly bound to romance. I, can't, I don't know if there's like a really
4: like, reason that it has to be that way. But the the thing about it is, it's such a big space, it's so well done. But there's there's room to be innovative within it, for sure. Right? I mean,
1: you know, when there is like this really great visual novel, it probably exists out there that just doesn't have the popularity because it's not known. And that's the thing about visual novels: mm-hmm. like you really don't know how good it is unless someone recommends it to you, or yeah. you just happen to pick it up because art is really pretty. Um, because reading by the synopsis, you really don't know how good. The writing's gonna be yeah right. Yeah. Just like picking off a book off a bookshelf, unless it's just like some bestseller, you're not gonna just go and casually pick up the first book you see.
4: Right, and mm-hmm. like a like an action game, you're like, mm-hmm. oh here's oh this story looks interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't care oh, if it's well written. This, this yeah. these I played games like this. This looks great. Whereas a visual novel, it's like yeah. the blurb tells you a little bit, but yeah. doesn't tell you how good the story. is. Yeah, you can't uh, just right? be
1: like, oh, this gameplay looks interesting because no, yeah. generally it's gonna be mm-hmm. reading text.
4: But people can be drawn in mm-hmm. by good art, as you say. Mm-hmm. And speaking mm-hmm. of, you did all the art for this
1: game, right? Yeah, um well I commissioned some of the background arts, but mm-hmm. I did all the character art and like all the designing stuff.
4: So tell us a little bit about that process. Like yeah. what like from ideation to like your workflow. Like I wanna hear all about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um I originally did comic drawing. So okay. it was um whenever I think of story, I kind of did it I think of it in like animation format, or comic format in my head. I didn't I don't think of it as text okay. as much. So it was easy for me to draw. Um And I think that was a benefit of having artists as like a main producer that I can just be like, oh, well, I guess I'll create more art. (laughs) I can make it. Probably not an easy thing for other productions to do, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. They can't just be like, hey, draw this one art that's really specific to this one scene. Yeah. So um, I had liberty to do that. Um, Also, like a lot of what I did was I worked everything in layers. So there's a layer for face, there's a layer for eyes, there's a layer for mouth. Mm -hmm. So I can just kind of like toggle on and off the switch as per to say for different layers. Oh, so you can
4: recompose yep, yep, rather than to having to do a whole Yeah, a bunch
1: of different images.
4: That's nice. Mm-hmm. That's a very video game kind of efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: great.
4: <laughs> for sure. So, is that, I mean, is that a selling point compared to other visual novels? Like is the game has maybe a little bit more artistic oh, variety than you'd absolutely. expect?
2: It yeah. has it has a lot more than you'd expect, I, I, I think. You know the genre better than I do. But I think that this has like so many more character animations than you would expect given the budget. Of yeah, it. yeah. Uh, and one thing that I will say about Gloria is that uh, I've worked with a lot of artists. She works faster than anybody I've ever
4: met. <laughs> nice. There is just so much character art in this game. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you fi- now that it's out, mm-hmm. right? And you- so your Kickstarter backers are satisfied, I hope.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. We got to send the physical goodies still. Right.
4: But- well, other than, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although mm-hmm. I think people now expect that stuff to be delayed. i think think people at this point know what they're getting into yeah um but uh uh, what's the process of like marketing it getting and getting that audience it's selling the unique points that you have and Mm -hmm. and existing within this sort of wide world where Mm -hmm. a lot of things are similar and it's hard Mm -hmm. to stand
1: out so for right now like a lot of like i said visual novel community is very niche the people that will buy visual novels usually are around that particular group of the internet like Mm You know, there's Discord channel dedicated to it. There's Reddit's pretty big. There's different specific forums that are for visual novel players that usually other gamers don't necessarily visit very often. Sure. So I usually market it around those areas. Okay. Um, and there's like a lot of uh, visual novel particular reviewers that helped us as well. And Twitter's pretty big. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. Wait, do you have a really by default Twitter? Uh, We have our studio Twitter. I'm still very new to it. I'm still learning. It's tough.
0: (laughs) Well, shoot,
2: I got to (laughs) follow that. One thing that I want to bring up is that back in 2014, when we did the Kickstarter, there was a much, like, a great deal more uh, audience hunger out there for this genre. Oh, Mm -hmm. sure. So the weird thing is, like, a ton of our sales come from uh, Kickstarter and, like, their friends Mm -hmm. from that time. So it's Mm -hmm. like the game did like okay mm-hmm. and like a lot of that is because of the time machine factor of people being interested in it when they first got interested in 2014 well that oh. means that like the interest has persisted
0: throughout the years right oh absolutely so that's really cool yeah <laughs> that's awesome
4: yeah and the game has been well reviewed i've i've seen a couple of the reviews people seem to be really high on the story as well right uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess I, I guess you've probably seen all the negative reviews, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, all ever. zero of them. They're, oh, like, yeah, like, I think the twenty out of twenty that are positive.
2: <laughs> oh, at that's this point on Steam. Which equates to an 82% positive rating, according right. to Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? That, that map I'm checks outraged. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 20 out of 20 equals 82. Uh, it's because the game doesn't have enough ratings. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, sure. <Yeah. laughs>
3: so we should all go on and give it five stars, right? Please. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: People are generally very positive and nice on Steam, especially toward indie game of our size. Yeah. Mm-hmm and we're very thankful to our Steam reviewers. Thank you. <laughs>
0: well, that's, oh, that's interesting. Is, you think that's the trend with a lot of visual novels? Is that, like, people are more, they're good about this? No. Of no. Very
2: discriminating
1: <laughs>
0: audience. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Well, toward, like, indie games in general, not toward the particular sure. visual novels, sure. but yeah. I think people are generally nicer to small teams.
2: Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, little social commentary here. Plug your ears at home. <laughs> okay. uh, if you looked at the uh, Verdant Skies. Yeah. Hi, Beth. Hi, Andy. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Fred. <laughs> um, if you look at the Verdant Skies page, the only thumbs down that they got were from people who disagreed with them in terms of like socio-political reasons.
4: Oh, right. Uh, they just disagreed with the, pr- the premise of the game. Absolutely. Rather than anything about it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So yeah. like in terms, of, in terms of like the quality of game, okay. yeah, she's totally right. Indie, indie games get like a little bit of a bump in terms of percent. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. From people being nice.
1: Yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> Our game had a gender non-binary character, and people were generally like, "Yeah, I just didn't interact with them." I'm like, "Oh, okay." I put a lot of effort <laughs> into the design of the character, but okay, <laughs> oh, sure. uh-huh. yeah.
4: yeah. You probably get a lot of people like. I mean, it's a, it's it's a romance genre, yeah. so people bring their own, not just their own their their tolerances and their sort of community interests, but their, their own their own personal preferences, sure. and mm-hmm. so that probably does make it a little harder to break through. Um, with those types of characters than you would in other types of genres, mm-hmm. right? Definitely. Especially ones where you really try to, you really like, um, you, persona- you personify the main character mm-hmm. more than you do in maybe other types of genres, right?
1: That's true, you're right.
4: Yeah,
2: and this, this is what burns my biscuits just a little bit because the best written character in the game looks like she's 14 years old. Yes, she is like 400 years old, actually, <laughs> but uh, she wouldn't real, be the one that I would be. date in real life, <laughs> but she does have the best story.
3: God. <laughs> well, so go. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, maybe that will,
3: if people hear you talking about like the different characters that
1: you might not necessarily think at first, oh, I'll be interested in that character. Like maybe when people play visual novels, they should try like picking someone they wouldn't usually pick in real mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure, that's and why the achievements are for right. It will yeah. force them to play. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say there's a certain audience that
0: will like make sure they play through every single mm-hmm. choice, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and see all their See,
3: choices. achievements can be good, Stephen.
4: <laughs> okay, really <laughs> good. Fine. Uh, Lane, at the IDGA talk, you made an interesting point about um the, about the types of players who do play all the endings or just go through once or twice, and what that means to the content you write and how many of the people actually read it. Yeah. Um, when uh, Gloria, when you were structuring the game, um, cause I know another thing you said, and this question is really long. Uh, another thing you oh, said was that, I can't that, tell if
2: you're going to pitch this to me or Gloria.
4: <laughs> Just, uh, you know, sit tight. Uh, so, uh, but you had said uh, that um, a lot of the, the story elements hinted at other story elements that were not part of those paths. So I will pitch it to you, Gloria. What, when you structured the sort of overall plot of, of the story, how much did you expect or hope, perhaps, players to sort of go through it to see the whole picture?
1: Oh, I definitely hope every player will go through every single path. Yeah, turns out that's not necessarily the case. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, I even included some very like important detail on this very minor bad endings, hoping players will get to it. And right now, we're in the process of working on Steam achievement that we yeah. didn't have it in the original. Mm-hmm. And one of the Steam Achievement, you can only unlock it if you see every single ending. And yeah, I'm hoping yeah. that will give players some advantage to go through and see everything. Sure,
4: sure. Mm-hmm. And Lane, you can take it as well. Like when you're writing those little moments, those dialogue pieces, mm-hmm. like how much did you try to weave in enough of that to entice players to go again?
2: Well, like oodles, like yeah? a ton, mm-hmm. a ton. Like you can't, like. You really have a hard time figuring out why your character ended up in this world Mm -hmm. um, until you go through a couple of different story paths. Okay, yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: that makes a lot of sense.
2: Like your previous work influences the rest of the work. (gasps) Yeah, in a way. Okay. Well, because like because like the the point that I was trying to make at that at that talk was Mm -hmm. that if you're gonna make um, if you have a limited budget and you want to make everything count, it's fantastic to do a story that's just completely linear because you know that 100% of your work goes to your audience's eyeballs. Yeah. Similarly, if you're doing a game like uh, Monster Prom, you're doing a game like The Yog, you know that 200% of your work goes to your audience's eyeballs <laughs> because they will usually see every piece of content multiple times <laughs> by the time they stop playing. Right. If you're doing a game like us, that's somewhere in the middle where you have meaningful choices uh, that take you to different, uh, different paths, what that means is like 16% of your work goes to the audience's eyeballs because they could like like, a player who goes after uh, girl A won't mm-hmm. see the stuff that you wrote for B, C, D, E, and F. Sure, yeah. And so, yeah, you definitely try to give the audience some little, like, breadcrumbs to hint that going after somebody else is going to help them understand everything. Okay. Yeah.
3: Oh, my gosh. Roguelike visual novel, <laughs> where each time through, you have some sort of advantage back from the previous playthrough. Ah, okay.
0: Mm. Well, you, yeah, you get knowledge, right? You get knowledge. That's part of roguelike. It, could <laughs> be, it should be it is the best part of <laughs> right yeah i like that idea mm-hmm. should be more of that
4: yeah i think that, that idea of um one game that did a pretty good job of giving you those hints without having you to play on a single playthrough mm-hmm. but you still mo- was uh, her story oh yeah that? yeah where that game is i mean you could call it a visual novel in a sense its mechanics are very different mm-hmm. um but you could end that game whenever you wanted like once you felt like you got the picture or you could keep playing and so instead of starting over you just went further and like i think that that might be able to work in a visual novel setting where you could you know reach the e- end of a story but then go off on side paths or something i think you there's some uh, compromise you have to make in the narrative structure but um but i don't know maybe I, I it's maybe trying to guarantee that all your players will see everything might lead you to make some bad design decisions oh absolutely like, <laughs> absolutely yeah in fact like you
2: could absolutely say with this game that yeah one path through the game, which is what about like seventy percent of players do, yeah, does not tell you the answer to the question that you have from the start, yeah. So, like, is that is that a flaw? I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, we're trying to like entice people to play more, but like, is that the right move? At well, that point? it depends
0: on if you like near automata or not, because <laughs> <laughs> that game has you need five endings in order to get the full game.
2: So. There goes the reference <laughs> over my head. <laughs>
0: Well, the way you're out about, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, you played it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched it. Ah, okay. Um,
0: well, the way that game works is, like, you play through the game as one character, and then when you get to the end, you get that ending. It's mm-hmm. ending A. And then when you play it again, you play as the character who was following this other character. And so, like, you get their, you get his perspective, and then also, like, more information about other things, because he has different abilities and stuff. And then you go through it again as a continuation mm-hmm. of both endings A and B when you beat it the third time so you're like you have to play the game three times in order to get through the whole game and get the whole story yeah if that's so,
2: like something that, that like aggravates you about that game right it would probably do that about our game well. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay.
4: and doesn't that game like throw up a title card to like make it obvious that like the game's not really over it totally does at the end of every yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> it, like, it didn't trust its audience to like discover that about it, it well
0: just, they, I mean I'm sure they probably did some focus tests and people were just like I'm good
3: and then, but 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 <laughs>
4: Well, I guess we're kind of wrapping up here. Is there any kind of final pitch you want to make? You've got an audience here to sell your game to. Whoa.
2: Whoa! Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) We haven't reached the best story of the whole thing. Oh, Oh, snap. Yeah. So this is one that I'm going to have to ease up close to the mic (laughs) here. Take you guys on a little journey. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I want to bring you back to 2016, to uh, my backyard. Mm -hmm. There I am, tanning. Got my laptop open. Mm -hmm. Dippity tapping Mm -hmm. because... uh, Why not get a tan while you write? Hey, I could think of a couple reasons, but okay. (laughs) Creative juices are flowing. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) The melanoma is building. (laughs) Uh Okay. I'm realizing, as I work through these stories, that Mm -hmm. every single one of them has a common theme. Mm. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, every character in this game, their story is all about finding a home. Mm -hmm. Their story is all about finding acceptance in a place where they don't belong, even the characters who greet you at the very start of the game, something has just happened that makes them feel like they're living in an entirely new world Mm -hmm. when you get there. And so I start putting the pieces together. I start asking Gloria, Gloria, you are somebody who moved to America just like a couple of years before writing this game. Am I right? Yeah. Am I approximately (laughs) correct? Am I close? You're not gonna throw off my story if, no, if I'm no. off. Okay. Uh, and I was thinking. Well, do these things come together? Like, is this story all about the immigrant's experience? And what she told me was really interesting. That she did not intentionally do this. Mm. She did not intentionally like say, "Oh, you know what this game needs? It needs a some sort of motif." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, This, this was, this was, uh, this was never the intent. But what she told me later was that. It's really important for anybody who wants to make a visual novel, mm-hmm. the thing that will feed you more than anything else, because as we discussed, market forces, not great for indie Americans at this point. Um, the thing that's going to feed you, mm-hmm. that's going to put food in your stomach <laughs> yes. in terms of making this game, fire in your belly. That's what thank, you. Does. thank you. Thank we, you. We, we found the metaphors. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Is you have to write a story that is interesting and true to you. Mm-hmm. And what emerged from this by just sort of like, Every, every step along the way, writing a, a story that appealed to her, uh-huh. emerged something that is much, much more meaningful than, I don't know, than we ever expected. Yeah. And I would say like, if you're trying to write a story and trying to appeal to the mass market, instead of writing something that's interesting to you, <laughs> then you're not doing it right, because uh-huh. you are um, missing out on the biggest payment that you can get out of this. Which is, if you're again an indie writing a visual novel in 2018, mm. the biggest payment that you get is getting your story out there, yeah, and if you're not doing that, then I think I think that you're wasting your time, like I said, spicy takes.: <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful sentiment.
4: Well, I mean that's that. it's a really great, big idea, and uh, it's nice that you like. Discovered that as, as in this collaborative process, mm-hmm. Gloria. You said you, that wasn't an that intent, like that yeah, direct was, sort of personalization.
1: Um, yeah, it was really interesting. I hear like I watched some guy playing the game, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh man, they're totally talking about racism." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." Oh.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's just like you know, as a writer, you're not really like trying to, but definitely a part yeah. of you is gonna end up there. It's visual. Novels long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. So write something that appeals to you and is mm-hmm. true to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Very well said. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank
0: you. So uh, there may be one or two listeners who don't already know about the game. Where can
1: they find it? And where can they find both of you? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruler by default is on Steam. Steam search. Ruler <laughs> by default. Uh-huh. And we're uh, Studio Pistachie. Pistachio without the O. <laughs> that's awesome
0: yeah. but what about yourself
1: oh uh, my name is Gloria Kim <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter under uh, Pistachie Pistachi Studio um, we have a Facebook page uh, come and write on our Steam hub um, and I'm sometimes on a local conventions a lot I go to all the big ones um, except Detour <laughs> <laughs> okay. and where can you when they can find you Wayne. Uh,
2: if you want to talk to me then MSP game dev slack is the way to go mm-hmm. it's the only place I'll respond <laughs> if you want to talk about me there's only one place it's called nicegames.club slack <laughs> it's my favorite website it's my homepage, it's
4: my so, homepage. someone's keeping the, the torch alive <laughs> yeah. <like>. oh boy <laughs> always well we'll put all that in the show notes so people can find the game and you guys as well I mean not you Lane I suppose but it'll be tough <laughs>
2: Guys, thanks for listening to my show. <laughs> Gloria, you can come too. Thanks for being here. Dear Lord. <laughs> now, audience, if you haven't already, you can subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it, or are nice, like these three. We really do need to know you're out there, so leave a review and tell all your friends too. We also want to hear directly from you, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things. Nice Games Club is our Twitter handle. let us know how we're doing send us your topic ask us your questions lastly you can find more about the show your nice hosts and our nice guests as well as get all the links and notes from this and other episodes at nicegames.club
4: and so until we start again remember to play nice and make nice
2: That's our show. You ruined our episodes. It, <laughs> it's
0: over. Ah, okay. That's our show. It's not over yet. Not got it, is it is it no? I want it over. That's our show.
2: Well, if Steven Business says so.
1: Thank you. I'll let
2: you do your outro. Okay. <laughs>
1: Jeez.
3: That's
2: our it's show. It's been fun. <laughs> This is going to be the longest after-outro, uh, after-theme music clip yet. You know what they have in Egypt? <laughs> the library of Alexandria. God damn oh, it. And you know what? When I said it was time to do the outro, it was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't... Yeah. Where Oh, okay. No I, no, I get it. Oh, my God. <sighs> <laughs>